Good morning, pile. 7 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trust name in automobiles. Kola Jokic. Franchise mark last night with yet another triple-double. Back-to-back triple-doubles, by the way. And Jokic setting a franchise milestone last night, moving past one of the all-time Nuggets greats. They had Miko Randon doing same thing. Yeah. Moving past one of the all-time franchise greats. As the uh, Avs get the win in Calgary last night, Nuggets get the home win against Minnesota. Team they lost four straight to. It's just one of those teams that always seem to have their number. And they almost did for <laughs> almost did three last quarters night. last night. Exactly. But uh, Jamal Murray was great in the fourth. Seven points in the fourth quarter, 19 in the second half. And uh, the Nuggets get the win last night. Broncos' coaching search continues. And you know, in talking with Cody Rourke, he seems to feel, of course, My High Sports Radio follows the Broncos very, very closely. Thinks we could know Monday of who it who the next coach of the Broncos will be. Will they press conference on Tuesday? So he's expecting Greg Penner and George Payton to make that decision and and Rob Walton, Condoleezza Rice, to make that decision Mm -hmm. over the weekend. So we have a lot to get to today. And I just just think it's so cool last night where you had, like I said, two... Two franchise marks for the Avalanche and the Nuggets falling on on the same night. Nikola Jokic certainly, I think a lot of people feel like he is already the greatest player in Nuggets history. Miko Rantanen, you can't say that, but man, he's really good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's the Moose is really, really good. Yeah. But the two are not the same in terms of who had been McKinnon last night because McKinnon's that guy right in the conversation. Kale McCarr's that guy. Kale didn't play last night back home in Calgary and didn't get didn't play. He was out last night. Miko's kind of the, sometimes the forgotten guy on this a team. Bit. Yeah, I mean to a to a certain degree when you hear you know McKinnon and McCarr, Landeskog. And then the it's Miko Ranton kind of right after that, right? He's kind of the fourth guy on the list. Right, because, well, he's always there, right? There's very few DNPs for Miko Ranton. He answers he's the bell. There. He does. He's on the ice. He's skating around. He's doing his thing. You don't really... I mean, it's it's good and bad. You don't really know what his voice sounds like. They don't flock to him for... You know, post-game interviews, you know, early morning skate interviews. It's McKinnon, it's Landis Gog, it's Makar, it's Georgiev, right? The big name, Ranton is kind of like the forgotten guy. You're right. And I remember a couple of years ago, it speaks to the point that this team was one of the Stanley Cup favorites. And the CBS Sports Minute thing they do, they had uh, Boomer Esaisen call him Nico Ranatanen. <laughs> And that's like three different directions of wrong. Like, like, come on, man. Just read the words that are on the page. It's not like 
you have to look at it and it's like I'm just got a producer i'm okay. sure that you, why not is write it, that up phonetically yeah. okay if is you, it macker is it macar you know i can under it's rantanin it's phonetic simple but as that he's just kind of there I do remember when uh, the Avs got Patrick Waugh, mm-hmm. and I was among Old them. Old Patty Roy. He called him Roy. Because <laughs> we didn't know. Right. Hockey was still fresh back in the state, and they were like, okay. Oh, it's, it's Waugh? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But, yeah, you would think that um, somebody for Boomer would have uh, phonetically wrote that out for yeah. him. But, I, I mean, mean, I mean, this season, though, I mean, Rantanen's played in 43 games. Yeah. I mean, he answers the bell. In his, the moose is always loose. His for the first Avalanche. full season for the Avs, 16-17. Since then, 75-81-74-42. That's a little low. 52-75-43. And the 2017-18 season, he had 29 goals. Then 31-19-30-36-31. So there might be seasons he plays less games. But he's been more productive, more impactful when he's right. been on the ice. So, I mean, he's always there. And so, but he doesn't have the, oh my gosh, you got to see this guy play. He's going to be, he's the best player in the league. That's McKinnon, right? Or he's the best young defenseman, now best defenseman, period, in the league. Michael Rantanen's not in any of those conversations. Though you hear, though, from teammates and people that know the game, like this year, that he mm-hmm. should be an all-star. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got 31 goals now. He should be an all-star. Absolutely. And He's and got you, 214 points in 170 yeah. games across the last three seasons. The people that, that know the game appreciate what Miko Rantanen brings to the table. He's top, he was top 10 in heart voting. 2020-2021 season. And you would think that he should be in that conversation again. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was saying. It's it's an interesting contrast to what Nikola Jokic did last night. Yeah. Who is now the franchise leader in assists, moving past the legendary Alex English. Because he is that guy. Mm-hmm. He is the future, the present, the future of this franchise. He most likely will end up being the greatest. I know you and I, we, we tend to feel it's maybe a little premature mm-hmm. to say he is the greatest player in Nuggets history. It's hard to argue against it when you've won back-to-back MVPs and he's right. the odds-on favorite right now to win his third straight MVP. But you still feel like there's a lot a lot of chapters to be written here with, with Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot out in front of him, which is good, which is great. But you expect him to do that last night. You don't expect Miko Rantanen to be the fastest player in franchise history to 30 goals in a season, moving past Joe Sackick. With one more point, Miko Rantanen's going to be 10th alone in points in Avalanche history. Yeah. He is 9th in goals. He's 21 shy of FOPA right now. I don't know if he gets him this year. On his pace, he might. Possibly. More more likely next I mean, season. We're but a know. little bit through a little bit yeah. past the halfway mark, but he's got thirty one. You know, is fifty out of the question? Not the way they're no. scoring the last three games. It's <laughs> no, not no kidding. But you think about it. Seven, six and now four in the last three games. You name me the top ten in goals scored in the Avalanche. 
How many past 10 would you have gotten to before you gave Miko Randon's name? As far as going one through one through ten, yeah, just naming any of the ten in franchise history. Now this is Quebec Avalanche. Right. So history. keep keep in mind, yeah, it's in keep the, that in mind. You would have gone through fifteen names, maybe, possibly. He's ninth. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing greatness from Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. on the hardwood. We're seeing now greater appreciation of that talent, yeah. that greatness. Miko Randon, we're, we're not seeing the same thing because he's got stars in front of him, guys that that we think more about mm-hmm. and are tremendous talents. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where if you're an Avalanche fan, you should probably appreciate what you have with Miko Randon. Because mm-hmm. he's been sneaky good. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. You know who the, the, the points leader is for the Avalanche this season? It's Miko, right? It's our Trey Lekkinen. Oh, Mr. Excitement. Because they both had two goals last Mr. night. Mr. Electric himself. I mean, new to the new to the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Veteran NHL guy. I'm but still very excited to win the Stanley Cup. It was, it was a good game. We played well, and I thought we did a, did a good job. And he's just, you know, he's just... He makes Bill Belichick look animated. I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, Miko is the leading scorer. I'm it's one of these weeks. Lekkinen's the second leading scorer. I'm gonna correct myself there. It makes sense that Miko would be the leading scorer. Yeah. Lekkinen's second to him. Miko's got thirty one goals. Lekkinen's got My apologies. Fourteen. Seven and 10. in second place. Seven ten on a Thursday morning. Yeah. But yeah, Lekkinen's second. We got some senioritis. We're both gonna be without me for a week starting at yeah. ten o'clock. So thinking of we're all both the, very excited thinking about all the stuff that I have to do yeah. that you normally do. So, so. And but I yeah, got other things on the mind as well. He's second on the team in scoring in goals anyway. And he's seventeen behind. He could double his output and still be second. Yeah. That's how far out ahead of him Miko Rantanen is. It's it's pretty amazing. And and Joker, I mean, we're talking about some of these incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. For Nikola Jokic, it becomes the all-time assist leader. He does it in 269 fewer games than Alex English. That's incredible. That, I mean, for... for Joker's just got dudes that can make buckets, yeah. apparently, with him. <laughs> yeah. Because Alex English didn't have any of he those didn't have guys. Any, any guys to Dan make buckets? Issel, yeah, didn't couldn't score a lick. I mean, didn't have anybody around yeah. him. Imagine how much better Miko Rantanen's numbers would be Bat if he leader. was on the ice more. He's the old outside of players not named Josh Manson. He's leader in penalty minutes too. Just crazy. How does he not have more Gordy Gordy Howe hat tricks? Right, I don't know. Who? Big myth. Gordy Howe didn't, didn't have, have any, right? I don't think he really had any. Or certainly didn't have that many mm-hmm. in his career. All right, so 7-11. Got some thoughts last night on what uh, Jokic did, what uh, Miko Rantanen did, and uh, a Nuggets win, an Avalanche win last night. Thoughts about the latest Broncos coaching search. They've interviewed Raheem uh, Morris of uh, the LA Rams, the, um, of course, former Tampa Bay Bucks head coach. Current uh, LA Rams defensive coordinator expected to interview mm-hmm. Dan Quinn tomorrow. Though it's been 
they've kept it pretty hush hush. Yeah. I mean, they they haven't really talked about. It's been pretty quiet about who they've talked to. Uh, according to all reports, that it went well with Sean Payton the other day. Mm-hmm. Because what are they going to say? Well, they suppose. Oh, it went terribly. We we totally disagree. We just on sat every- there in silence for thirty minutes <laughs> because we couldn't think of anything to say. Like it was a. F- Awkward, very awkward first day. A blind date your parents exactly. set you up on. Exactly. Yeah. It's what are they supposed to say? That it went horribly? According to I one, know. We'll talk more about this in the 8 o'clock hour around the NFL. Supposedly, Sean Payton very impressed with Broncos ownership. Well, until they either hire someone or he finds another job, that's the right thing to say. What do you think about Broncos ownership? Uh, you know, they were all right. Uh, they seemed like a little a, weird. I expected him to be that yeah. rollback smiley face, but it was an actual person. I mean, and then they go, they it was, hire it somebody else. a little odd, though. They wore the blue vests. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very with the, with the name tag. With on the back, says, I'm here to help. Uh, you know, it. what are they supposed to say? And I know Broncos fans are desirous for any sort of positivity and any sort of momentum in the right direction. But this whole, oh, you know, it's a good sign. They're not putting anything out on social media. We completed this interview. Oh, look at that. It means it's... Nobody knows anything right yeah, now. Nobody knows squad. That is not an indicator of Jack. No. It's like, oh, last last year they put out, we have completed an interview with X. Well, this year they're not doing that. So you know things are different. How, no, no. It, it's just... It's still the same process. Right. It's still the... the you sit down either virtually. Maybe Joe or in Ellis person. was the social media guy, so that's why they're not getting yeah. any releases. They don't have the password. I, I just, I mean, if you're the Broncos or, or any, okay, any team, you should be playing this close to the vest, right? You other teams are looking for coaches. You don't mm-hmm. want to put information out there. What I get the fan, the fan base. We need to know. We right. need to know who they're talking to. Like, just because they didn't put out, we've completed an interview with Dan Quinn on Twitter, doesn't mean the interview has A, not happened, or B, isn't going to happen. We all know they're going to talk. We don't need the picture of the back of Dan Quinn's head. He's leaving the building. We're done. We don't need that. But people, there are some, not all of them, but there are some that's like, wow, this is a good sign. This this ownership group really knows what they're doing. Let's pump the brakes on that. We don't know anything until we know something. Everybody thought George Payton knew what he was doing, too. It's like, it's cool, but it sucks, but it's true. We don't know anything until we know something. Everybody thought George Payton knew what he was doing, too, and he hired Nathaniel Hackett. So, Who I saw Hackett interviewed for the Jets OC job? Yikes. Did you guys really? Okay. Okay. Remember, Matt LaFleur's playbook. Matt LaFleur's concepts. Just everybody keep that in mind. What, is Aaron Rodgers going to go to the Jets now? Because that's... That's normal (laughs) Packers quarterback progression, right? Right, that's how that would probably work out. Goes to the Jets, little camera phone, faux pas, then to the Vikings to finish it off, right? That's where... Exactly. That's how they go? Yeah, we'll talk more about this. Titans have reached out to interview Justin Outen to be their O.C., Again, same as Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. Like, you guys got film, right? You you have the NFL Plus subscription but, where you can watch the, the All Twenty Two. Outen can hang his hat on the last two games because he was the play caller. 
Uh, that's true. That's a so very could, good point. He can hang his hat on those. Like, they look I high. was really not doing anything. The first it was all yeah. Nat Hack or Clint Kubiak. That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Look, see, you got a chance to see what I can do. Yeah. The real deal. We scored honest-to-God touchdowns on back-to-back drives more than once when I was calling plays. All right. So, got some thoughts on any of these subjects today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. So, I've done a little digging, and I only know the one so far because it's very little digging. But uh, Miko Rantanen's got a handful of Gordie Howe hat tricks this year. He had one in the middle of an honest-to-God hat trick in his home country of Finland. That's awesome. Yeah. Going back home, scra- scrapping it up with three goals and an assist and two penalty minutes. Felt comfortable being back at home. Yep. Or maybe some bad childhood memories and he got him agitated. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's time for What's Happening. And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. We help or they help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. They did our phone system here at the radio station. It's a fantastic system for for our business. They can help you with that and so much more. Network support, surveillance, cybersecurity, among the things that they do. So give them a call today, ComWest. 970-242-8142. All right, what's happening this morning? The Denver Nuggets getting a big win last night. Uh, Nuggets star Nikola Jokic, now the franchise's all-time assist leader after pacing Denver to a come-from-behind home win over Minnesota on Wednesday night. Jokic picked up back-to-back triple-doubles and scoring 31 points, grabbing 11 rebounds and adding 13 assists in the Nuggets' 122-118 win over the Timberwolves. Jokic moves past Denver legend Alex English for the team assist record. Guard Jamal Murray scored 28 points with 19 coming in the second half. Uh, it wasn't just me. We had Zeke, Vlaco, Bones... Uh, the whole second unit that was out there with me, they did a great job. I thought the fan, y'all gave us life as usual. So kudos to y'all. It was another good win. That clip courtesy of Altitude Sports. Denver won its eighth straight game and their 15th straight at home as the Nuggets moved to 32 and 13. Can you uh, cue me some music here for this one? Uh, Yeah, give me just a second. I got to dig through the old Rolodex of. Miko Ratt and Arturi Lekin each scored two goals in the Avalanche's 4 1 win at Calgary last night. Brandon moves past Joe Sackick for the franchise record for the fastest player to get to 30 goals in a season. Avs goalie Alexander Georgiev turned back 34 shots in his first action over a week. It's Colorado's third win in a row. Tonight on the team, it's University of Colorado men's basketball. See Buffaloes take on Washington at uh, Boulder. Pre-game at 6.30 tonight on the Team Sports Network. Mark Johnson, voice the Buffs, will join us in a few minutes. The 5A 7th-ranked Central Wrestling team continue their Valley dominance with a 66-12 home win over Grand Junction on Wednesday night. Warriors coach Clint Trujillo says that wrestling is an individual sport, but at Central, their focus is on making each other better so the team can be successful. I even tell them their first goal is to make their team better. So if they're coming in with, let's just say they're not having the best day, they come in there and just with their head down and stuff, They're not making their teammates any better. When they come in trying to get their teammates better, it makes the entire team just explode forward. In prep basketball, both Grand Junction teams lost at home to Eagle Valley. The Tiger girls fell 46-18 to the Devils. They dropped 0-12. Grand Junction boys lost to Eagle Valley 67-57 as they slipped to 6-7. The defending RMAC champion, Carbonesa baseball team, has once again been picked to win the conference championship. 
The RMAC coaches polls out with head coach Chris Hanks and the Mavericks selected to defend their conference title with seven first-place votes. The Mavs picked up 63 points with Metro State getting two first-place votes and 56 points. Regis, CSU Pueblo, and Colorado School of Mines are third, fourth, and fifth respectively. CMU won their 10th straight RMAC championship last season and posting a 23-9 conference record, and they went 43-17 and overall. The Colorado Mesa Mavericks are back on the road this weekend in the hardwood, traveling to Durango to take on Fort Lewis tomorrow night. On the women's side, the Mavericks are eighth in the RMAC at five and six, and their six conference losses, over 43% of the Mavericks' points allowed, have been high-percentage shots close to the bucket, including 34 points and a loss Friday night to Black Hill State. Mavs head coach Taylor Wagner says the Skyhawks are poised to exploit that area that routinely cost them shots from the paint. Don't overlook them. They can go off. But really, our defense has got to travel this weekend. We've got to limit giving them high percentage shots. I think in the Black Hills game, when they wanted to take us off the dribble, they did. I think that's going to be the same with this team, too. We've got to limit them and keep them out of the paint. So we'll have the Maverick basketball teams, both the men and women in action at Fort Lewis tomorrow night. Women's pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30 minutes, 7.30 tomorrow night. And moving back. Are moving on to some of the rankings. The Maverick men's basketball team's victory over Black Hill State vaulted them from the receiving votes list to the number 23 team in the nation in the National Association of Basketball Coaches rankings. Mavericks right now, the men, are on a nine-game winning streak. And even though they've won six consecutive RMAC championships, uh, the CMU softball team voted second in the conference by the preseason coaches poll or in the preseason coaches poll. Cutter Christian, last season's regular season runner-up and the RMAC tournament champion, picked to win the title this year. Cutter makes the softball team picked to finish second. Mavericks went 45-9 and last season. And that's a look at... What's happening? And what's happening brought to you by ComWest. If you have cybersecurity issues, give them a call today at ComWest, 970-242-8142. Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, will join us next on The Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. With us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, the voice of the Colorado Buffalo is Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. You, you digging yourself out? All that snow over there? Yeah, we got quite a bit, and uh, nice and chilly this morning, so winter's upon us, but uh, you know, we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we need the moisture, right? I guess that's what we always have to, we have to justify all the snow. It's, uh, well, we need the moisture down the road. We need that. to got to fill up those reservoirs. So, uh, Mark, uh, rough weekend for the Buffs, uh, the UCLA game. There's too many turnovers, and but just, you know, stretches where they played well in that game against UCLA, but... But unfortunately, uh, not the outcome the bus were looking for. Well, really, Jim, you look at that weekend, and uh, I think Colorado played very well defensively, exceptionally well defensively, to be honest with you. So there, there's a couple of ball games. Now think of this for a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. In, in those two games, they had 60, make it the 45 turnovers combined, 22 and 23 <clears throat> in the two ball games. And then they had 20 shots blocked, nine, I think it was nine against USC and 11 against UCLA. That's 65 empty possessions in those two ball games, and yet they were in a position to win both ball games. So that shows you how well they played defensively. They held both teams, both very good offensive teams, uh, below 40% shooting. And so, you know, I come away with frustrated, not disappointed, right. frustrated by, by the way they played that ball game because you cut those turnovers in half 
and, and play with the you know the, the same kind of aggressiveness. And, and certainly, I think they split that weekend and maybe come home with two wins. So, um, you know, Tad said to me the other night, he and I were talking, and he said, you know, it's like uh, right now I said I feel like the little boy at the dike. You know, there's there's something leaking. I reach on over, stick my finger in the hole and plug that one. And think, oh, goodness thing. Now, now, now we're all good. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, another hole, you know, kind of uh, pops up, and there's another leak off to my left. And he said, you know, we we had an issue with the the defensive uh, end of the court there for a little while. We got you know have that fixed, and, and the way we're playing right now, and all of a sudden we can't. Uh, Keep your hands to the basketball, but Jim, here, here's the thing about Colorado that's it's really starting to become very evident. Their splits home and away are striking how different they are. Yeah. This is a very good home team, and they continue to struggle on the road, which which they've got to try and rectify here down the stretch. Well, and, and part of that, you mentioned the 65 empty possessions against USC and UCLA, and, and a guy that's been red hot, Tristan De Silva, who's been so good at home. I mean, averaging you know around 19 points, you know, six rebounds per contest, and on the road, nine points, four rebounds per game. I mean, Tristan's game drops off dramatically when the Buffs head out on the road. Yeah, and he might be the most striking of what you're talking about. I know going into the UCLA game, we had figured it out on Saturday morning. It was almost half. His numbers were about half on the road as if they are at home. And you know, he's one of the cornerstone guys, and he's got to be better on the road. Certainly, he knows that. Uh, and I'm not breaking any news here, but um, yeah, that 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 right there uh, is the most striking example. But it's it's mirrored by virtually everybody else in the team. KJ's been pretty consistent, I think, scoring on the road. But I'm not sure he's played overly as well, you know, with with all of his game as he has uh, at home. And so <clears throat> those two guys, you got to be better. I mean, you rely upon those guys. That's why they're leaders of this team. And and uh, yeah, they got to get this figured out. So what this means is you've got seven home games remaining. I really think Colorado's got to run the table at home, uh, which isn't going to be easy. But but the way they play at home, they, you know, they've certainly got, a, I think, a great chance of that. And then they got to figure this out and get a few wins on the road here down the stretch as well. And a couple of young guys played well on the road. Freshman Javon Ruffin had 23 points. Uh, his first back-to-back double-digit scoring game as a buff. Lawson Lovering, I thought he looked he looked great uh, against USC in that Thursday night game. First uh, career double-double, 13 points, 14 rebounds. It just seems like for Lawson Lovering, he's got the he's got the length. He's an intriguing player. It's just the court time getting the confidence, right, in the case of a guy like Lawson Lovering? Oh, without question. I mean, he, he's uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat this morning. Um, yeah, he, he's coming. And what he did against USC, against, against a very, very good uh, – and a couple of very athletic guys inside – uh, I still think he's going to be a great player. Not a good player. I think he's going to be a great player for Colorado. He's always been there on the defensive end. But what, what he was doing in that game, you know, and I think that that's probably where, you know, they always talk about big guys taking longer to evolve and develop and mature than, than smaller players. And there's some reasons for that. But then I think it's, it's, it's also more true that they evolve slower offensively than they do defensively. Uh, and and he's starting, you're starting to see some flashes of him. You know Scott Wilkie, who I do the games with. You know is a big guy, and he's six foot nine and played inside. And, and uh, he has had a couple of conversations with uh, Lawson, saying, "Hey, basically, dude, when you get the ball, just turn and flush it every time." Um, you know, I lost on our, our Buff Primetime TV or rather radio show on Monday night, and I asked him. I said, "You know, you've always been big." I said, "Did you ever play against a big guy in high school? <clears throat> what was the biggest guy up in Wyoming?" And he said, "Well, there was." Once or twice I played against, you know, a six seven, six eight guy, but you know, really they were always about six foot three post players and, and that kind of deal. And so, 
and now all of a sudden he gets up to the college level. And keep in mind, last year he missed 15 games. I mean, he missed half the season because of that knee injury he had. And so he's kind of a freshman out there. But he's, you know, now he goes out there every night and he's got seven foot guys he's playing against, and they're pogo sticks and they're big and they're strong. And, and so he's evolving a little bit. But I, I love the trajectory and you know where he's going right now. Mark Johnson voiced the Buffaloes with us today on the Team Sports Network. And, well, while the Buffs would have loved to at least got a split on that uh, trip out to California, uh, as far as the NCAA net rankings, still sitting at 60th, uh, which is actually better than they were about a week ago. So when we did, because that's a number that becomes really important, Mark, when March starts rolling around. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know, that, that, that net ranking has become the new RPI, right? And that's what the NCAA uses now. And so... 60 is solid. It's you know you would you'd like to feel a bit better about that being you know the upper 40s where they were for a while, uh, but 60 you're still in the conversation there, and and that's why we talk about you know having a strong stretch run down the season here. And I can't believe we're really talking about a stretch run in a college basketball season. But since we're you know getting relatively close to flipping the calendar to February, I guess we are. So they they really need to kind of continue to win at home. That that's extremely important. And then uh, what really helps that net ranking is when you get a win or two on the road. And, and they need to do that down the stretch. But, yeah, sitting at 60 right now, considering what they've done and some of the hiccups they've had this season, isn't too bad. Tonight it's Washington. Uh, Huskies come in 11-8. and eight. They're 3-5. and five. Both the, the Buffs and Huskies uh, tied in the Pac-12 standings right now. Uh, the Huskies do have the win over the Buffs uh, up in Seattle, 73-63, back in December. And that was a game where, and that was a stretch, where the turnovers were a real issue. Uh, 18 turnovers in that loss led to 25 Washington points in that game. So what's been a problem last weekend, Mark, has to get rectified tonight at home against Washington. Got to do a better job of taking care of the basketball. Well, here's the good news. That last game was in Seattle. This one is in Boulder. <laughs> and, and for whatever the magic elixir is, that seems to make a difference. And that's one of those games you look at that Colorado should have won. That was a very winnable ball game. Those two early Pac-12 games they had, Arizona State at home where they just gave it away. And then Washington was a game they should have won. Now, you know, especially in a game against Washington, which employs, you know, that generally that 2-3 zone defense, that's not a defense you're supposed to have a lot of turnovers against, okay? Um, you move around the ball around the perimeter, trying to hit the high post, the heart of that 2-3 zone, that's where the opening is. And in Colorado just, you know, was, was really butterfingered in that, that ball game. And so... Yeah, that needs to be rectified, but a very winnable ball game. I think this weekend is a, is a, what I talk about, winning all seven at home. You've got a chance to sweep these two teams. Uh, they're quality teams. You know, They're not uh, top-of-the-league kind of teams, but uh, you should be able to get these two wins tonight. But, yeah, tonight you better be able to take care of the basketball, obviously, uh, against Washington. You probably want to hit some three-point shots against a 2-3 zone defense. That's, that's a good way to beat it as well. And so um, it'll be a challenge tonight, but I'm glad they're coming, you know, they're coming back home. Voice of Buffalo's Mark Johnson with us today on the Team Sports Network. And Washington a little bit like Colorado in that pretty good at home. They're coming off uh, wins against Stanford and Cal, but they're not very good on the road. They are 0-4 away from uh, the Pacific Northwest. So, once again, plays into what the strength is for the Buffaloes. Great at the CU Events Center against a team that does not play well on the road. Yep, love to hear it, <laughs> you know. And in this league, we always talk about Ted. Ted says it all the time. When you're having your struggles, nobody else feels bad for you. And uh, they've had their, certainly their problems when they're on the road. You know, it's, it's amazing when you look across college basketball how frequently you see that with teams. Very good teams are good no matter what. Uh, teams that maybe have a few blemishes, you know, all of a sudden they, 
you know, they might have their issues here and there when they're away from home. Bad teams always have their, their issues no matter where they're at. So uh, Colorado falls into that second category. They're a good team um, that needs to clean up some of the blemishes they have to be considered a very good team and, and uh, you know, make a run of the tournament. And Keon Brooks from them, Mark, pretty good player, leads them in scoring almost 17 per game, over seven rebounds per contest. He's the junior forward's pretty solid player for Washington. Yeah, no, no, he, he's good. And, you know, that, that's the thing about being in the Pac-12 is every night, no matter if they're good or bad teams, every, you know, we were, Ted and I were talking about that a while back after the Cal loss, you know, no matter who you face, there are good players out there. It, it's really startling. Uh, you know, look what Seton Hall did against UConn last night, for example. Everyone's got good players. And I know a lot of times when coaches say that fans kind of roll their eyes, but it really is true. Uh, good players don't always make good teams. Now, that, that's the thing you got to remember. So no matter who you face, you're going to face one or two or three guys that are pretty darn good players and, and capable of uh, you know making some problems or causing some problems for you. And then Washington State coming up this weekend as the two uh, Washington schools uh, head to, to Boulder, take on the Buffaloes. Washington State, they're 9-10, 4-4. They've been very up and down, but when they've been really good, they've been really, really good. The, the win against Arizona two weeks ago, that was uh, the first home loss for the Wildcats in the Tommy Lloyd era. Uh, that started a three-game winning streak. They have a win over USC. So when they've been on point, the Cougars have been really good. Well, case in point to what we were just talking about, right? I mean, there's talent. You know, that's the, one of the funny things that, that uh, with, with my relationship with Ted, I always get a kick out of. I'll, I'll walk into his office what, for home games. Uh, or when we meet, you know, around the road at the hotels and we get ready for the pregame interview. And, you know, it, it always generally, the conversation generally goes starts off kind of the same. We sit down. How you been? Good. All right. Good. Uh, what are we looking at tonight? Holy cow! And then he goes on and sounds like you know uh, they're, they're going to play the LA Lakers that night. I mean, every every. <laughs> so I always give him a hard time. Really, you think they're that good? Mark, they're talented. And, and then he goes through and gives me the, the pros and cons of what he sees and kind of a scouting report before we do the interview. And uh, and you know, Washington State's one of those teams. After that game when they beat Arizona. Uh, was the next time he and I were together, I said something to him about that. He goes, I told you. I told you. They're good, man. There's ta- they're talent there. Well, I hear they got a well, losing. Well, they had a losing record. I know they were 6-10, and 10, I think, when they beat uh, Arizona there a couple weeks back. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a case of point. That's why, you know, these players got to understand, you never overlook anybody. You know, what, what happened against Cal here a couple weeks ago, right? They, they went in there. Cal had one win at that point in time. And I think teams get a little complacent. They get a little bit cocky. They start thinking, oh, geez, man, they're 1-12 or 13 or whatever they were. And, and you kind of let your guard down. You cannot do that. Good teams don't do that. That's why, you know, the Arizonas of the world or the uh, UCLA's of the world rarely get beat is because they do not ever let their guard down and they always play at a very high level. Voice of Buffalo's Mark Johnson with us today on the team. Mark, uh, of course, we'll have tonight's game, Washington and Colorado pregame at 6.30. Uh, Mark, along with Scott Wilkie, will have that one tonight on the team. Uh, the football schedule officially released yesterday uh, for Coach Prime and the Buffaloes uh, at TCU, your uh, national championship runner-up, and then at home against Nebraska and Matt Rule. Uh, CSU is the uh, Certainly the, the Rocky Mountain Showdown resumes for this season at, at Folsom Field and at Oregon, USC at Arizona State. Uh, just your, your initial takeaway on, on the Buffs' schedule uh, for 2023. Well, I just like the fact that uh, it's an easy schedule. They get to wade in very slowly, you know, and, and, and play yeah. weak teams very early and, and rack up some wins. Well, I, I'm, I'm tongue is firmly in cheek. Yeah. Holy 
Are you kidding me? And then to start conference play, you've got Oregon and USC back-to-back. And you go to Oregon. So, I mean, that that makes it even more challenging. Right. Um, So, you know, you're at TCU. Then you come home, you've got Nebraska. Nebraska's going to come in here on fire, of course, because they've got a new coach, and and everyone's just out of their mind excited about that. Then you've got CSU, uh, and and then those those two back-to-back, you know, top-of-the-league conference games. You know, at Oregon and USC that, you know, uh, are expected to be two of the best teams in the league again next year. So, yeah, there's no uh, grace period, shall we say, for Coach Prime. It's uh, jumping into the deep end of the pool right away, and I'm certain he's not going to be complaining about that. But uh, that is a daunting, daunting start to the season. There's no doubt about that. We'll find out very, very quickly what the Prime era in year number one is going to be all about. And I still, I have moments where it's still so surreal. I was watching the Manning cast the other night. And Coach Prime was on with yep. all his all of his buffs gear on, and I'm just sitting there to myself thinking, he's the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes football team. It just still doesn't sound real at times, does it? It, it is. It is kind of strange. And you think about uh, last week when he had the national championship game, and on Monday night he's on the the pregame show of the national championship game, and the next morning he's on the CBS morning show, and then oh by the way he's on the cover of GQ, and then a week or so later he's on the Manning cast, and. You know, that's what, that's what he brings. He brings attention all the time. It never ends. It's ongoing. It is consistent, and it's there all the time, which, which has got to be an enormous benefit from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, you know, so far the proof has been in the pudding by what we've seen right. uh, by what he's done. And so it, it's a new deal. You know, what, what do we say, Jim, when we talked right off the top of this thing when, when he first got hired? He's one of one. There's one guy in America uh, that, that does it and, and brings this kind of attention and this kind of buzz around it. Uh, he's unlike any football coach that, or, or basketball coach. Ever. I, you know, I, I, I've kind of joked when, when somebody asked me a while back, they said, you don't think there's anybody? And I said, well, you know, maybe if Oprah started coaching, maybe she'd do the same thing. But let's be honest about it. If, if Peyton Manning decided to become a football coach, right, right, there, there'd be a similar kind of deal. If Michael Jordan sure. decided to be a, a basketball coach, There'd be a similar kind of deal that would go along with this, but but even even those two guys, I'm not sure. I'm not you know that they're both superstars and they're unbelievably popular. I don't know if they generate if there's always that 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 motor that's generating attention and buzz all the time around them. I think just what they do kind of kind of creates that. But with with, with Dion, you get. That that self generating, and then there's the machine around him that's always generating. So I I'm not even sure if that'd be the same kind of deal, but at least be in the, in the same ballpark. But right now, yeah, he's there's no one like him. I mean, he is totally unique, and, and it's fascinating to watch for me. Yeah, g- getting a lot of a lot of bang for the buffs buck in terms of just national exposure. I mean, oh. it's I mean, obviously the contract's not cheap for for Coach Prime, but just that exposure, it's yeah. it's immeasurable. I mean, in terms of what he's done to bring attention to the Buffs football program. And now, now the thing about it is, of course, as we well know, this is going to go on, right? It's going to go on through through the rest of the winter and into spring ball, and then we'll get uh, to camp and on and on and on. Then it has to show itself on the football field. Yes. Right? And I'm not saying they've got to go 12-0. and That's that really not the case. But it has to be a, a, a very good product on the field, and you've got to be competitive and you've got to be playing in these games. Because uh, if it goes the other direction, I don't believe it will, but if it does go the other direction, all of a sudden then that, that has a tendency in society to backfire a little bit. And, and so you want to see productivity on the football field and, 
and uh, putting together a very good product and continuing to build on that. And, and if that's the case, and uh, that's what I believe is going to happen, uh, then it becomes something very special. Hey, Mark, I appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. Thanks, man. All right, Jim. See you. All right, take care. Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffaloes. He just what he brings in terms of his brand recognition for Colorado now. It's Attention. surreal to see the CU Buffs logo on college game day, national championship preview, the Manning cast, and not be a look at how ridiculously they got beat type of situation. You know what I mean? Right. It's 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 all positive right yeah, now. I mean, instead and, of uh, wow, they lost by eighty uh, to USC. It's something different. Why is why is this? Why is their coach on? Why are they uh, trending? What, oh, they, okay, it's oh, good sorry. things. Okay. And and I agree with Mark. I look if you're expecting a Pac-12 championship in 2023, eh, you need to settle down. Yeah, stop, happen. stop that talk. Yeah. Do you, an expectation to me is five, six wins. Competitive, tough out, tough out at, at at Boulder in particular. Just improvement in the product, where going to a bowl game doesn't seem like an a, a, a just out of this world possibility. I mean, I'm just not talking about going to a bowl game. I'm talking about a New Year's Six game or or anything like that. I'm just talking about going to a bowl game. And that kind of has to be the expectation now, that that's going to be, at least in year one, a chance for the Buffs to make that happen, of getting to six wins and going to a bowl game. And just being better, just not getting embarrassed week in and week out, the way that things were in particular this last season. All right, 744, and don't forget we'll have a CU men's basketball tonight when they take on Washington pregame. At 6.30, it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, I'll get my buttons figured out over here. This will be a lot easier. Anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, one of the more renowned NFL talking heads, at least when it comes to Sunday morning pregame shows, is Howie Long. Great player in his own right, Hall of Famer, couple kids in the league, one of whom, Kyle, is following in his footsteps to TV. The other one, Chris, dabbled but decided, I really, really don't want to do anything. Just not his thing. It's a little bit of self-sabotage thing. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, I, You know, like, sure, I maybe could work towards having one of those good jobs, but I also uh, I understand that there's a big process with that. And, like, you never want to say, like, oh, I could just – you know, because there's guys going to broadcast boot camp and move yeah. into places. And I think it, I've, I've been at a crossroads at times, like in as a media guy, where I'm like, should I just do that? And if I got to ask myself, then I don't really want it. You know, like if 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 I got to th- if I if I'm like, damn, I got to take a flight up there every week to do that studio. I got to get suits. I got to do. Then I don't really want to do that. And honestly, the couple times I've been on TV, I don't like the attention. The world of podcasting has gotten better, like where the money's very good. Like, you know, maybe I'd be making a little less money starting out doing studio stuff. You know, for me, it's just like I do not like, I am over, whether it's Twitter or whether it's like a guy on the street, I'm over arguing with people. Hey, good for him. You know, a little personal growth never hurt anybody. So he's mostly doing podcasts. Yeah, he's doing a crap load of podcasts. I think he's got like four 
Maybe and, a little more. He's very Ross Tucker-ish yeah. when it comes to podcasts. And, you know, not not the word, but the, kind of the same cloth, but any stretch of the imagination. No. But when, when I started out in this industry, going to college, mm-hmm. did some TV stuff, did TV stuff even after I decided just to do radio, I, I did TV weather. I was a college student. I was 20 years old. Yeah. I, was not, I was not great at it. It wasn't what I really wanted to do. But my friend Lou Romano was doing the sports. They hired him first. And I, just being around it, I was like, I, and this is no offense to anybody that does TV. Mm-hmm. If you love it and it's what you do, it's your passion, awesome. It just, I felt like it, it limited your ability to, to have thoughts, opinions. I mean, you're, right. you're, you're, con, you're constrained by, by time. Mm-hmm. And it's more just a rehashing of scores and things like You're that. You're kind of painting by numbers a yeah. little bit. And this not, one is like, more of a free form, I think. Yeah, exactly. This, I'm, not trying field. To, I'm not trying to insult anybody that does TV. No. But and, I understand where he's coming from yeah. of you got you to be concerned about what you wear. How you look. I'm putting on makeup. I've never done that before. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you gotta, you got to put something. you got to put a little, you know, to cut the shine off your cheeks. Really? I have to do that? It's like, Pass. okay. And, you know, and... But but you Shine do off because, my five head. But you have to do it because it yeah. doesn't look good on camera if you don't. And, and so, I don't want to do that. I don't want I I can roll into work in cargo shorts, which are long enough to look like man prees, a kiss t shirt. My jorts, and not even combing my hair. And no one's gonna be like, Oh, we can't put you on the air looking like a Yeah. Because it's radio. It's, it's okay. I don't it's fine with me. I don't I don't care what you look like. It's fine. Yeah. So and yeah, exactly. And I really the, don't want to have to wear a suit for work. The the best time I had doing TV was when we had the Sports Eight End Zone with, with Tom Hudson, who does Gonzaga now, Brian Colloran, and, and guys like that. That it was more, it was more back and forth. It was more like this show in mm-hmm. t- in terms of of thoughts and opinions and things like that. And it was just more. It was just fun. It was just a lot of fun. It was a more enjoyable experience. And but so I, I can understand where he's coming from in that yeah. you have to make a decision of what you really like to do. And for those that do TV, awesome. And I, I have a ton of respect for the people that do it because it's not easy. It's it's difficult to do. I just like doing this because mm-hmm. I just like our <laughs> our stupid bantering and just going back and forth and just we just you have a chance to have a good time and have fun doing it. And hopefully people enjoy the stupid rambling bantering that we provide five days a week or well you and me four days a week yeah caking myself five or uh, that additional fifth day all right it's 749 we'll take a break we'll come back take a look back at uh, nuggets and abs both getting wins last night yeah i think they're like the best on the radio at least at the pro level the best of the best the jim davis show on colorado sports leader the team Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, most trusted name in automobiles. All right, Nuggets get the win last night over Minnesota. Snaps a four-game losing streak to the Timberwolves. It's hard to believe, but that's the case last night as the Nuggets uh, get the 122-118 win. Nikola Jokic, back-to-back triple doubles, 31 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, and that moves him past Denver legend Alex English, with a team assist record. And after the game last night, uh, David uh, Adelman, who um, was filling in for um, Michael Malone, who's still out in uh, uh, excuse me, health and safety protocols, he's still out uh, dealing with what we assume is probably COVID or something along those lines. 
Uh, Edelman last night once again was uh, coaching the Nuggets. Talks about the win over the T-Wolves. Brings up a good point here about keeping the Nuggets in the game and not letting Minnesota get so far out in front in the second half that Denver couldn't mount a comeback. Uh, I just I thought guys stayed with it, and they challenged us uh, physically. They always do. Uh, we talked about it before the game. Uh, they sped us up. We turned it over. Uh, the rebounding was exactly what we were hoping it wouldn't be You know, in the first half. I, I thought the great thing was, to me, what won the game was the end of the third quarter because we stayed in the game. And it was a little bit, uh, you know, Nicole's in foul trouble, AG's in foul trouble, and Jamal just put us on his back. You know, we put him in a lot of actions and pick and rolls, and he did just enough where I felt like we're, we're in a good place going to the fourth quarter, bringing back our starting four and five and KCP. So that's how NBA games are. They're so long. There's, there's sometimes it's not about, you know, when you make your run to win the game. It's when you make – you do just enough to stay in the game. And we did that, and the fourth quarter defense was much better. You know, only giving up 23 points. David Adelman, Nuggets uh, temporary interim head coach while uh, Michael Malone is out. Talking about the win last night, uh, Aaron Gordon was asked last night about why has it been so tough to beat Minnesota? Why has it been such a challenge? I mean, they'd lost four straight prior to the win last night. Uh, they play hard. They play really hard. And uh, they have some talent. So um, they get out and run. And uh, they have hard-nosed driving players. Um, we just had to, like, basically just bring more effort into the game. And once we did that, we were able to get the win. Jokic was brilliant last night, but let's give Jamal Murray his due. 28 points, 19 in the second half, 7 in the fourth quarter for the Nuggets to get that win last night. Denver now 32-13 and 13 on the season. And then for the Avalanche to get the win last night, Miko Rantanen, Arturi Lekkonen each scored two goals apiece last night. Avs get the win at Calgary 4-1. to one. Big because Calgary in front of the Avalanche right now in terms of the, the race for the playoffs. Uh, Avs goalie Alexander Georgiev turned back 34 shots. It was his first action over a week. Colorado's now won three straight with the victory last night. All right, hour two coming up. We'll have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week. And we'll also talk about if your child is getting recruited to go play college athletics. Steve Wojtek from Grand Junction High School, their AD, will join us next hour.